So I, I believe that all missions and all the missionaries here have to sacrifice. Uh, every day they sacrifice. Uh, a lot of them have forgotten that they're sacrificing because they enjoy what they're doing because the Lord has given them joy, amen? Uh, but, uh, but, but, but the challenge is that we will be willing to sacrifice. Go to places like Gleepo where the, where, the, where the joke was, if you drink the water, you're pregnant. That's their drinking water. It's three kilometers from the village. Uh, Gleepo, uh, we need it. they needed water. Um, they need to clean water. And because of your efforts, uh, Wyoming gave us $10,000, and we were able to give them a water well. It's a miracle. Can't go into all the details. Amazing. God gave us water where there was no water. We went down 390 feet, got a dry hole, but water came out of it later, and it was just a total miracle. The village was like, we know that God, you didn't do this, but God did this, you know, even though we, I literally lost all your money, so you're, you're, you're in the right hands. Um, uh, but, but if you go to Gleepo today, uh, the villagers will go, to, uh, will go to church to get clean water now. They don't have to walk three kilometers, and it's clean, good water, and it's not infecting them with viruses and worms and things like that. Let's go to the next slide. We are transitioning. We're going to, to uh, Morocco. Morocco is not a place where you can be a missionary. You can be a rabbi or you can be an international church pastor. And uh, since I love bacon, I'm going to be a pastor. And uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> and so uh, we, you know, it's three, 36 million people. Uh, but the, 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 the point, the reason why we feel like God is leading us there is because it's 0.2% uh, Christian. Uh, you know, that's, that means that in 100 people, there's zero Christians. In 1,000 people, there's only two. Okay, so that's, that's what that looks like. And so that means that they'll never know the gospel. And, and the Lord, I, I, I was arguing with the Lord. I said, Lord, you know, I, I was born and raised in West Africa. I should live here and die here, you know. <laughs> this should be where I, where I make my life. And, and he uh, said, yeah, but I have children in the north that have never heard my name. And you can't deny me them, <laughs> right? And so uh, we're going we're gonna to move there. Let's go to the next slide. Um, we're going to be working with Marrakesh International Protestant Church. That's our church. They're praying that we get there soon. They need a pastor. There's about 70 believers, mostly West Africans. So I was happy to hear that. I was like, yay, I get to be with my people again, you know. <laughs> but we have, there's thousands of West Africans in Marrakesh, and we hope to, uh, we hope to revitalize them and, and give them a place where they can worship, be good Christians, be solid. Discipleship, 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 right, Calva? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and go from there. Let's go to the next slide. All right, turn, turn with me in your Bible, please, to Matthew uh, chapter 28. Of course, we're going to go with the, the missions, but we're going to bounce around a lot. I actually want to get you, uh, I want to get you to think about six aspects of missions. And I, I am conscious of the fact that I'm surrounded by amazing missionaries, okay? And I need to hit a home run or I'm going to have to use the cry room. And uh, so, <laughs> so if you're, if you have a little, you know, a little prayer left, say a little prayer for Pastor Tim up here, okay? Uh, <laughs> I need you. To, I need. To, I want to talk about six things, okay? And uh, you know, I, I got the typical three-point sermon and doubled it. Yeah, it's you know, double it, always double. It. Um, missions includes number one. Missions includes evangelism, but it's mostly comprised of discipleship. That's number one. Number two, missions has a beginning and has an end. It's, it's not. It's not something that we do forever. It actually has an end, and, it, and the end is talked about. Okay. Missions has eternal consequences. Missions is God's plan for the church. Uh, missions must be directed by God while meeting human needs, right? Yeah. And then missions requires increasing sacrifice. So let's talk about the first point there. Missions includes evangelism, but is comprised of in discipleship. What does that mean? It means God's looking for more than church members. It means that getting people in the pews is not the end of the job. Yeah. It means that getting them to getting them saved is not the end of the job. Hallelujah. Yeah. It means that missions, and the reason I know that missions is important, is because you're important. And your kids are important. And your grandkids are important. Somebody say amen. Amen. I mean, the 
grandparents said amen there, okay? <laughs> because well, your family is important, and that's why missions is important. And God has a plan, according to Matthew 28, to do more than just make Christians. That's the idea. So, so sometimes when we look at missions, we think, well, this is just church people trying to make church bigger and take over the world. And we look at it in a very, it's a very negative way of looking at it. It's not. God wants to make, he wants to make disciples out of everyone. Discipleship isn't a good idea. It's the only idea. And I've worked in places uh, where I can promise you, you cannot afford not to disciple them. Literally, uh, mission agencies are now are, 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 are now organizing themselves under anti-terrorism in, 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 in the United States government. They, they, they can actually come in as an NGO of anti-terrorism. Wow. Because even the United States realized, oh my goodness, Christians make terrible terrorists. <laughs> we just do, because of you know the love of God and love your neighbor as yourself. It gets in the way of blowing people up, amen? <laughs> just a little bit. Disciples are good for the world. Disciples are good for the world. Church members may not be, and, and church membership is a part of discipleship, but disciples are good for the world. Christians are good for the world. I'm doing Africa a favor when I bring Jesus to them. I don't change their culture. It enhances them. It frees them. It liberates them from the things that were binding them. You can be very African and be very Christian. Hallelujah. <laughs> How many of y'all know that? Yeah, they, they, they don't do church anything like us. Neither should they. Yeah. It does not do damage to the culture. It actually enhances them. So Jesus had the idea that missions is about discipleship. And he went a step farther and he said, teach them. Teach them. Don't just, don't just preach to them, but teach them. How many of y'all know that if you're going to instruct, and the word really there is instruct, if you're going to instruct someone, it's going to look a lot different than simply asking them, to say them to, to you know repeat after me the sinner's prayer you're gonna actually have to hold their hand you might have to liberate them from drug addictions right you might actually have to help them with building projects you might actually have to disciple them while they're uh, at a college or or in other turning points in their lives you might you might actually have to get strategic and you might actually have to give your whole life to do that it might be more than just a one-time commitment it might be more than just a, an evangelistic sermon it might actually be your whole life life that you have to give in order to do that. And if the church could see that, then you would understand that everybody in your town is yours for the taking. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to walk with them. You have to hold their hand. You have to disciple them. <laughs> so it's more than membership. Point number two, let's go to the next slide. Missions has a beginning and it has an end. God has not left us to do good works forever while the, work, while, while the world goes to hell in a handbasket. Missions is not a good idea. It's the only idea for the world today. I remember sitting in a meeting with a bunch of pastors in Africa, and, we were, and, and all of them were, were, were talking about how are we going to plant churches in a place where Boko Haram is burning down our churches, you know, kidnapping our kids, uh, and, and, and killing our pastors. You know, in, Pastor Piero Drago just recently died in Burkina Faso. They, they put a gun to his head and they said, you can leave or you can stay. But if you stay, you get the bullet, right? And he said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to go anywhere. This is my church. This is where God placed me. And you can just pull that trigger. And he did. And, they, and he died. And his family died as well. But it wasn't, the, 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 church, didn't, the church didn't cease. The church actually grew. <laughs> and Piero Drago is, in, is, is at the throne of heaven right now. Amen? 
He, he gave his life. There's 8,000 pastors, assemblies of God pastors, 8,000 assemblies of God pastors in Burkina Faso. 8,000 of them. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. They're an entity that's, they're, they're driving. In fact, Christianity itself is, is transitioning from, uh, from, uh, from the first world countries to third world nations. In fact, the center of Christianity, most Christians will come from Africa in about 10 years. That's how fast they're growing. In Togo, we baptize 20,000 every year. You, you, they plant a, a, a church every day. I, 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 I Literally, was, what I was doing was a drop in the bucket compared to what God was doing. We could barely keep up. And, and they probably thought we weren't. <laughs> Missions, but, it, but, but missions has a beginning. It's not something that we're going to do forever. You understand that in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that all the nations of the earth are surrounding the throne of God. God says that every tribe, every tongue, and he said every ethnic group, he uses the Greek word ethnos, every ethnic group will be there singing praises because God wants to hear the praises of his people in their language. They're his children. He deserves to hear them praise him. They're his children. Beyond just being related to them, he created them. <laughs> he holds them together, according to John 1. This gospel, Matthew 24, says, This gospel shall be preached in, the king, uh, in all the world, and then the end shall come. So, that, so, so, there's a, so there's a beginning to the gospel, right? Jesus said, go into all the world, Matthew 28. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. There's a beginning to preaching the gospel and going out. But there's also an end, the question is, how long is it going to take? <laughs> it's, my, it's my theory. This is just a theological theory. It's my theory that God gives the ability for every generation to reach this goal yeah, if on. they're willing to sacrifice. Yeah, on, we could have had it. Yeah. I, hope, I hope I see it in my lifetime. We can have it. But it's going to take enormous sacrifice. <laughs> These guys here... If you look at these, wherever you go in Africa, you're going you're gonna to be dedicating babies. We're, if, if we have anything in Africa, it's babies, okay? We've got babies everywhere. And uh, so you, you have these. But, but you know, I, I set that next to the picture of these older ladies. These are, these are older ladies. They're, 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 past birth, they're past their birthing age. If they don't have children, take care of them at this point. They're done. They don't have retirement or anything. They came to that well to listen to the gospel, but they, wanted, they didn't want to be seen, so they hid behind the well, and they're sitting down like they're, like they're relaxing, you know, like, I just need a rest before I keep going. But really, the real reason they're sitting there is because they're part of an unreached group who haven't heard the gospel, and they were interested to hear somebody read the Bible. And I was thinking about that. I said, from, from, from dedicating uh, children that were born in, in Christian homes to, to finding people who have never heard the Bible read to them, this gospel will go into all the world. It's all of the above. It's everything at once. Do it all. Do it all. Do it all. Number three, missions has eternal consequences. Missions has eternal consequences. When we were dancing in this photo here with the pastor, it was we were dancing. We had not yet planted the well. That's the pastor at Glipo that we planted. We built his church, planted a, put a well there, and and I told you that it was. I, I totally wasted all the money. Uh, if if God had not intervened and water had not come out of that hole, uh, I would have come back with like a bunch of receipts to Wyoming. It would have been really sad. I'm telling you. Uh, but we. We're, this is before the well was actually accomplished. We began to dance. 
Because we know that what we're about to do has eternal consequences. If it works, it works. So we're, we're, we're praising God with our dance. The whole village got up with us and started dancing. All the men, all the women. We were dancing on our problems. Amen. We were believing God for what he was about to do. Amen. What, what you do in this life has eternal consequences. That water will affect them for at least 30 years. That's what we try to do. We try to, we try to calculate 30 years ahead. Is it, is it going to be worth 30 years? That water will affect them for 30 years. But the salvations, the the, the Decisions they made to follow God will affect them for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> you can see this man behind us in the, on the top photo there, the man in the green with the, with the white hoolah, with the white hat there. He's, he, he's sitting there listening to the gospel, accepted the Lord that day at the well. He came for physical water. He came for H2O and he got living water. <laughs> what you do for the church, what you do with the mission of God has eternal consequences. It affects people. And why is that? Because heaven and hell are real things. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8-9 says in flaming fire, take vengeance on them that do not know God and do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hell is real. There's not an African, a somebody got African in this world that does not believe that hell is a real place. Some of them have seen it in dreams. We have forgotten in the United States that hell is real. We need to hear again, hell is real. We do not motivate sinners with that. We motivate Christians. Yeah. Yeah. I don't go up to sinners and say, you're going to hell. That, would, <laughs> that doesn't communicate love at all. They wouldn't understand it. I don't go up to people who don't believe in Christ and say, give me something that you don't have. Christ is not in you. You, you, can't, you don't have it. But it should motivate you. It should motivate me. I remember when my daughter got this at like age nine. She said, Daddy, is everyone who doesn't believe in Christ going to hell? And I looked at her and I said, let's go through the scripture. Because I don't want to tell you. <laughs> I want you to understand it from scripture. How do you read this, Emma? How do you understand this? When we read through these scriptures, Jude... Uh, Jude chapter 1 and verse 7, even, even Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Second Peter 2.4, for if God didn't spare the angels that sinned, but cast them down into hell and delivered them into change reserved for judgment. He goes on after and says, how is he going to spare us? Revelation 21.8, but the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, idolaters, liars, they'll all have their part in the lake of fire which burns with brimstone, which is the second death. You're like, but that, it, when I read these verses to my nine-year-old daughter, she began to cry. She said, that means my friends don't know Christ, don't know Christ, maybe going to hell. I didn't tell her anything. She read the word of God. How do you read it, nine-year-old? That's how she read it. You're like, but that's unfair. That's cruel. A, a loving God wouldn't, wouldn't believe and wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't have such a, such a rule in place that, that would be so cruel and, and abominable and, and, and eternal. But, but, you know, we, we say that and then we say, but Jesus, you know, he, he was the most loving person there ever was. Jesus loves you. That's what we say. We even have the radio in Togo. Jesus loves you radio. How can Jesus love you and hell be real? But, but hear the words of Christ in Matthew 25, 39. Jesus believed in hell. He was worried about it. It concerned him. He talked about it constantly. 
Matthew, uh, Mark 9, and, uh, Matthew 25, 39, or Mark 9, 47. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with just one eye than to have two eyes and be cast into hellfire. Jesus was worried about hell. He said, be drastic, be extreme. If, you're, if, if, if a body part is causing you to sin, rip it off. He was an extremely holy guy. <laughs> I don't know that I could have rolled with Jesus. <laughs> I would have gotten annoyed with him after a while. He would have pointed out, hey, Tim, I see some sin in your life, and I would have had to fix it or leave, right? That's how Jesus rolled. He was a holy guy. He believed in hell. Matthew 10, 28. Fear not those that is Jesus. Don't fear people who can kill the body but are not able to kill, to kill the soul. But fear him which is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. There's a, there's a movie called Schindler's List. Um, at the end of the movie, Schindler is he's, he's a, Ger a German guy who helped Jews uh, escape the Nazis. But he had never seen what he had done. He was just doing it because he felt... He was compelled to do it. But at the end of the movie, he, he sees the people he saved. He sees the value of what he did. And he begins to weep. He said, well, I, did, I could have done more. And they're like, no, no, you did enough. And he's like, no, I could have done more. He said, this ring is worth two lives. This, this ring is two people. And then he began to like go through all his stuff, all his monetary wealth. And he said, I, this was five people. This was ten people. This was twenty people. I could have done more. Because he realized the value of the things he held on to didn't even compare to the value of the people that stood in front of him. And that's the value of heaven. One day, because of missions, because you gave, because you sacrificed, because you went, because you believed, because you prayed, because you persevered, one day you'll see the value and you'll wonder, why didn't I give more? <laughs> Your friends will be there. I'll see their faith. Your family will be there. The people you preach to, they'll be there. And for eternity, you will never forget that what you gave was worth it. All right, next one. Missions is God's plan for the church. Missions is God's plan for the church. Missions is not a man-made idea. It's not something that the church made up so that we can get more churches and make more money. It's God's plan for the church. The missionary does two things. He hears, he hears the voice of God, and he obeys the voice of God. Uh, th those are the two things that a missionary does. Because God's voice and God's idea for the mission is what's important. Guys, strategy, while it's important, strategy should inform us not control us. Hallelujah. Yeah. Strategy should inform us. I love hearing that we have 250 centers, but we, but we need one in this area, right? We need one. But how many of you know they heard from God that they need to put a, 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 team, a team challenge center in this area long before they found the data? I know that's true. Long before. You know, they just knew it. He knew long before uh, the, the, the region that he was going to be placed in that churches need to be built, right? And ministries need his help. I, 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 long before I, I, I found out about 0.2%. Muslims, I heard the voice of God saying, go to the north, go to the north, go to the north. And missionary does two things. 
He hears the voice of God. He obeys the voice of God. It is as simple as that. Even Jesus in John chapter 6 said that I don't do anything out of my own will. John chapter 6 and verse 38. I don't do what, what I want to do, but I do what the Father sent me to do. We can talk about unreached people groups. We can talk about, uh, we can talk about uh, the, 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 the 1040 window. We can talk about third world countries. We can talk about poverty and things. But remember, the most important thing we ever talk about as missionaries is, did I hear? the voice of God. Your values are not more important than my God, and your values cannot replace Him. You have great, great values in the Assemblies of God. You have great values in our local churches. You have great values in our network councils. But understand that what we need is not great values, because values will never guide us to the mission field. What guides us to the mission field is the Holy Spirit of God. Stay connected to His Holy Spirit, and you will succeed. Acts 13.2 says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted and prayed, the Holy Ghost said, Separate for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to. The first missionaries that were ever sent did not have to itinerate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> no, I'm, I, that, okay, I'll let that go. go. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, a few of us would be like, that's the way it should be, but no. But we understand. We like This itineration process is great. I love it because I get to meet you get to meet people and build teams but but the first missionaries didn't have to itinerate because the holy spirit spoke directly to the church and said send them yeah when we you know and 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 because the church sent them they were able to establish a gentile church a gentile church and it, and in second corinthians it paid off i have people ask me why would i give my money american money to go over to africa um and i tell them because it pays off in the long run <laughs> you can't afford not to 2 Corinthians, you know, because they sent them, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, read it. The church in Jerusalem was impoverished, and it was the Gentile church that they okayed. I said, yeah, you can go build your church, Paul. The Gentile church that they okayed that gave the money for them to stay afloat. And God knew it. And God knew that if you do this mission, right now it hurts. You'll sow in tears, but you'll reap a harvest of joy. Recently, the the Methodist Church uh, had the vote had to vote on whether or not they would allow uh, homosexual leadership in their in their church. The vote was voted down, but uh, a lot of us don't know that the vote was voted down because of the African vote. Most of the Methodists from Africa said, "No, that's not biblical." And the the Methodist Church actually said, "Hey, where did these African guys come from? Since when do they have a vote? <laughs> and where did they come from? They came from your missionaries." Yeah. Because you said missionaries, <laughs> the, yeah. the structure was saved. All right. So it's for his directions, by his directions, by his glory. It's by his glory. Look at you know, when we go to when we go to places like this. We don't go because because we want to be glorified. You won't be glorified in places like that. We we were met by mobs of people telling us that we had no right to be there, uh, trying to get us, trying to insult us. We're building this church, trying to insult us, trying to get to start a knife fight. I had to tell my team to start singing songs so that they wouldn't engage the crowd. And we're singing songs, digging a digging pit, you know, digging the holes for the for the foundation while guys are screaming at us, curse words and all kinds of things. And and, and I, I'm telling you, you don't get any glory out of the ministry. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 4, 10 through 15. He said, We're like the garbage of the street. Mm. We're lower than the low, us apostles. We, we, we get slandered and we can't say anything back. <laughs> I've experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Finally, it's through demonstration. Right here on the bottom, you know, Togo is the center of all voodoo worship in the world. Right here on the bottom, that's voodoo, those are voodoo talismans. You say, that's a bunch of garbage. It is a bunch of garbage, but it costs thousands of dollars. Those talismans are, they might have the heart of a child in them or something like that. You know, I don't know what they, how much they paid to get those sacrifices that, that, that were put into those, 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 those jars to get a better job, to, to keep your wife in love with you, to do whatever it is to control the God. But, but, but we don't go in our own power. We go through the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. When you come against things like that, and those things exist in this town, you know that the mission of God will not continue unless God moves in my favor. Yeah, yeah. You can't say, I'm in missions, until you come to the end of yourself. <laughs> because when you come to the end of yourself, now you've started being a missionary. If you can do it, it's not the same thing. That's what I'm talking about. If everything's missions, then nothing's missions. You must come to the end of yourself. You must come to the place where you put yourself on the line. And like in Mark 16, 17, where it says, Signs and wonders will follow those that go. It's the Great Commission, the call, the Great Commission. Signs and wonders will follow those who go, not those who stay and are comfortable. We learned a long time ago in our mission we learned a long time ago in our ministry, it was a very difficult lesson, that you can be effective or you can be comfortable, but you can't be both. So you must choose, my friend. <laughs> but the mission is God's plan for your church, for your life, for your people, and for this city. We need to go, and when you go, God will follow you. He will do great things with you. It's, it's when we went to Niger that... People put a gun in my dad's head, to my dad's head, pulled the trigger, and the gun wouldn't go off. They had killed someone the week before. And they kept doing this, boom, 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 trying to kill him. And then finally, they realized, well, I have a gun that doesn't work. And he has more people around him. There were only two of these guys. And that's when church filled up. <laughs> Our church filled up because everybody wanted to see this missionary who has so much power. <laughs> when it, missions is when we went to Guinea already and trying to plant a church in this Islamic community and they were so angry at us and you could feel the anger. You know when you walk into a room and people hate you? You can just feel it. <laughs> and we were just, they, they were like sharpening their knives. We, I had to like have spiritual blinders on as a kid. And I, this this girl, in all, the, in all this, while we're preaching the gospel, this girl gets hit by a car and uh, is, you know, is, is, is killed and, and they're going to bury her and dad walks up and says, can we pray? And, and he didn't do this Benny Hinn kind of prayer. <laughs> we did a simple little prayer. God, heal this dog. And she stood up. And that's the only reason we have a church there. It's like, it's, it's the same thing, it's the same, it's the same thing with, the, with, that, uh, with that well. That well was, had no water in it. <laughs> and water came, a little child came and said, hey, there's water coming out of the well. I said, no, there can't be. We know. <laughs> we have knowledge. <laughs> God has to show up. Finally, missions, missions must be directed to God while meeting human needs. Guys, we don't. Let's go to the next slide here. You see this guy receiving a 40, that's a 40 liter jug for, for water uh, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a buddy barrel sticker on the side of it because buddy barrel paid for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? $1 to buy the, the bucket, $2 to clean it out because it was full of 
the oil, and then we give that, to, and that's what they use to carry the, the water from the well to their home, and they need that, that gives them two, two, two days of water. That's the water on the bottom there, that's the water well that we got in Gleepo. You can see the ladies walking up, going to church to get killing water. But, guys, missions has to be, has to meet human needs. Your church has to, at some point, meet human needs. And it needs to be supernatural, amen? It can start in your mind. You can give to it. But trust me, the needs in this world are much bigger, much bigger than your bank account can handle. Hallelujah. You can't do it with your brain. You can't do it with your knowledge. You can't do it with your money. But Jesus and you can do it. You can meet the needs of heroin addicts in this city, right? We can meet them. We can get them to teach other. You can meet the needs of building. We're going to be building here. And this guy's going to be helping. You can meet those needs. It's going to be, that building project is a spiritual project. That is a supernatural project where God needs to intervene. Don't think that it's all about putting drywall on the wall. It is a spiritual act. And there's going to be spiritual attack on this church when you start doing it. You need to be in prayer because that thing is a spiritual thing. You have got to meet human needs. But it's got to be for God's glory, not for people. We don't, it's not the need that moves us. It's God. Why? Why do I say that? Because there's need everywhere. But God tells us, what does it profit you, brethren, to say that you have faith, but you don't have works? In James chapter 2, verse 14, can faith save them? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart, be at peace, be warm, be filled, but you don't give them anything? What good is your faith? That's what James says. <laughs> Matthew 25 and 40. And the king shall answer them, say unto you, Verily, everything that you did to the least of these, that's what you did to me. Matthew 25 and 40. Isaiah 61 and 6. When Jesus began to do his ministry, he said this, The Spirit of God has come upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening and opening of prisons to them that are bound. One of the big things we do in, Mar in, in Marrakech is go to the prisons, because a lot of our people are illegals, and so they get arrested, and they have no one to visit them, and if no one visits them, no, then they don't eat. Because there's no way of feeding them. So, you cannot say, I am the church, and not be a part of the solution. That's why I love the church. The church is how we taught about Ebola in Togo. When Ebola hit, that's how we taught about it. By the way, as I drove into town, I noticed Corona Village. Are you guys the source? Because I'm really, seriously, <laughs> seriously. It's false media. Fake news, yeah. You cannot be the church without meeting human needs. And it's through human needs that we can give the love of God. What do people need around you? People don't know they're loved until they can feel it. What do they need? And that's why, uh, that's what we do with our loved ones. When I met my wife, the first thing I wanted to do was meet her need for food. Right? I said, okay, you want to go get a coffee? You want to go, get, you want to go out to eat? I want to feed you. Because I can meet your need for, I can give, I can help your need. That's how you show love, baby. That's how you do it. What's their needs in Laramie? You can do it. And finally, missions requires increasing sacrifice. I want to end here. Genesis chapter 1 and 3, God says to Abraham, he says, get out of your country, get out of your kindred, and leave your father's house. And I think that's really a formula for discipleship. Jesus said it like this in Luke 14, 26. If any man comes to me and doesn't hate his father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brothers and his sisters and doesn't even hate his own life, he cannot, let's everybody say cannot, cannot, cannot be my disciple. He 
cannot put anything above me, is what Jesus said. He's, he's, he's extremely jealous, like the Old Testament God. He, he reminds me of the Old Testament God. I, you cannot be my disciple unless you love me above all things. Whoever doesn't bear his cross, verse 27, and come after me cannot be my disciple. That hurts. As I get older, I'm, I'm watching. I was born in Liberia, raised in Nigeria, Niger, and went to school in Togo, and, and then finished my degree in, in, in Springfield. Guys, as I'm going there, as, as I'm growing, growing older, I'm seeing the, 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 the price is increasing. I thought it was difficult when I was just married. Now I have kids. I thought it was difficult when I just had little babies. Now I have teenagers. I don't even want to think about what I'm going to do. When, and we're thinking about this. We've got four more years with my daughter, and then she goes to college. And everything in me wants to say, Lord, call me to Springfield or call me somewhere where I can be next to my daughter. But I know that he's not going to. <laughs> and so I have to say goodbye to her. And I remember what that was like when I said goodbye to my parents at 19 and never, saw, never went back to their house again. They were 5,000 miles away. No, no telephone at that time. And then, it, and then it gets increasing. And I'm watching my parents and their grandparents they have all these grandbabies, and they can't see any of them. And every day they're praying for them and saying, Thank you, Lord, that I get to be a missionary, even though the cost was great. They have children in Japan. They have children in, in Africa. They have children in Florida. They, they'll never, the family reunion is an impossibility. The Lord will not cease to stretch you. There won't be a time in this, on this side of eternity where he won't ask a little more. <laughs> it's not because he doesn't love you. In fact, he loves you. It's going to be so good for you. You're going to, you're going to love. In the sacrifice is, is, this, is, this, is this firm foundation of love that you're, you're sitting on. And you're like, oh, I could live without it. He made me. He made me to rise. But, but, but hear me, please. He won't ever stop asking for a little more. Once you give 10%, he's going to ask for 11. <laughs> Once you give 11, he's going to ask for 20. Because he loves his children so much. So missions. Missions is, missions is evangel it, it, it includes evangelism, but it doesn't stop there. It's discipleship. So it takes time. Missions it, it has a beginning and it has an end. Let's move towards the end. Let's not wait and, and hope for the best. Let's go towards that end that God told us we could have. It's ours to take. Missions has an eternal consequences. People will go to hell based on whether or not we get involved in the mission of God. Mission is God's plan for the church. God called the church to be the vehicle of his love to the world. God called us. Uh, missions must be directed by God and meet human needs. So we give whatever it is we have for God to our brother. <laughs> for God, oh Lord, I give you the life of my kids. Because that's what I really gave up. And then finally, missions requires increasing sacrifice. Lord, whatever it is, wherever it is, I will go. And sometimes I actually say, Lord, but please, don't ask too much. <laughs> Praise God. Because <laughs> I know, I know there's an end of me and a beginning of him. Pastor, would you lead us in prayer? God, we thank you for what you've spoken today. We thank you for who you are and all that you're doing in this place. God, I pray over the next few minutes that you would just speak to our hearts and to our lives, or that you would come 
and uh, have your way. We're thankful for the sacrifice of these missionaries. We're thankful for the stories that we've heard, for the dedication and the commitment that they've made. Now would you speak to us in terms of how we can partner and what we can do to, to be a part of the Great Commission, Lord, in our city, in our state, in our country, and around the world. We're thankful for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got a couple guys coming down each side. They're going to give you this morning a, a faith pledge card. I want you to take that in your hand and just for a moment to... To, to take that and consider it. Today we want to challenge you in terms of what we can do to support these missionaries, not only these missionaries, but missionaries that uh, partner with our church. Uh, we have a number of them that are not here because they're overseas right now. They're in the place that God has called them to, and we get the privilege, over $500 a month that we give to support missionaries around the world, and we would love to increase that. A couple of these missionaries that are here with us today that you've heard from, we've supported for a long time, but there's others that we, we do not currently support, but we would like to, like the Teen Challenge is beginning. We just feel like that's a worthwhile area for us to be a part of and for to us to sow seed into. Leonard Ravenhill said that today Christians spend more money on dog food than on missions. I have small dogs, so maybe it's not true, and I give a lot to missions, but some of you might have some really big dogs. And some of us really love our dogs, right, Paul? But I also believe that God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. These missionaries don't look to us to provide their needs. They look to the Lord, and God uses us to partner in missions. That means for you, in your life, God provides. For you and your family, God provides. For this church, God provides. For these missionaries, God provides. You may ask the question today, why are we giving to missions, and why are we looking at increasing missions when we need to build a new building. We've got to raise money for our, our own building. And I want to challenge you today that it's, it's not Laramie or the world. It's not New Life or Chi Alpha. It's not New Life or Team Challenge. It's all. It's all of the above. It's not Laramie first. It's not America first. It's, it's Jesus' command to go into all the world. It begins close to home. And it goes all around the world. Why? Because Laramie matters, and I believe Laramie matters. And there are thousands of people in Laramie that need Jesus, but I also know that we have so many opportunities. We've got several churches. We've got ministries within our city. We've got radio stations, all those kinds of things. And I believe that no one has the right to hear the gospel twice while there remain people that have never heard it once. We have missionaries that are serving in places where there's unreached people that don't have churches, don't have access to the gospel. We get to be a part of that. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let me translate that to the new Laramie translation for you today. Jesus says, you're going to be my witnesses in Laramie and in the University of Wyoming and in Albany County and all of Wyoming and even those crazy people in Colorado and throughout the country and also to Argentina and even all the way to Morocco. That's what Jesus is speaking to us today. That we've got a, a burden and a mission to take the good news of the gospel around the world to every person. Your mission field may be the school that you attend, the University of Wyoming, it could be where you work, could be your family members that don't know Jesus. You may never set foot in Morocco. You might have been on a missions trip at one point in your life, and we're going to go on some more, and you're going to have opportunities to be able to go. Some of you may never go, but you can pray. And you can give and you can be a part of what God's doing around the world. Tim said today, missionaries 
hear and obey. And that's great that they do and that they have. And that's why they're here today. That's why that they're walking away from family and career and all these other things to obey the voice of God because they hear and obey. That's awesome. We have, we have five missionaries that are here today that have done that. They've heard and they've obeyed. And that's why they've made the choices that they've made and they're missionaries. But it's not just missionaries that hear and obey. Jesus said that we're his sheep and he's the shepherd and his sheep recognize his voice and they follow him. They obey him. We're his sheep. What is God speaking to you today? So my challenge to you is simply this. What if God spoke today? What if we heard his voice? And what if we also obeyed and took some ownership for the gospel that's going around the world to Argentina, to Morocco, to the University of Wyoming, to Teen Challenge in Wyoming? What if we just simply heard and obeyed his voice? So God, would you do that today? Would you do it right now? Would you speak to people across this room about what you would have them to do? Lord, there's so many here already that give on a monthly basis toward missions, and Lord, we're thankful for that. Lord, there's others that circumstances in life has changed, and maybe they need to uh, make a smaller commitment, or some that may be able to make a larger commitment. Others, God, that maybe had never considered giving to missions, and Lord, today I pray that you speak to their hearts. Maybe it's even just five or ten dollars a month. Maybe it's something other that you desire to do. Maybe it's an offering that they want to give to these missionaries that are here today. Lord, would you simply speak and allow us to hear and obey whatever it is that you have for us, that we could be a blessing, not not to the missionaries that we see, but Lord, to the gospel, to the to the great commission that you've commanded us to be a part of in taking the message of truth around the world to people that have never heard people that need to hear within our own city and around the world. God, would you cause a burden and a passion inside of us to rise up for that? And we thank you for it. Thank you for who you are in your name. Amen. That's our heart. That's our desire that you would just simply hear what God would speak to you and you would make that decision as far as a monthly pledge. We set aside the first Sunday of the month as our missions fund Sunday. And we we give updates and reminders of what is happening with our missionaries. We give an opportunity for you to give. The reality is that we have people that give every week towards missions. Some of them don't do it on the first Sunday of the month. That's fine. When you do it is, is up to you. But we want to ask you to consider giving to missions on a monthly basis. And if you've already had a pledge, this is not adding on to your other pledge, but would you make a, a new commitment today? Maybe it's the same as your last year commitment. Maybe it's a different amount. But it, this allows us to be able to budget, be able to support, and know that we can take on new missions and missionary projects and all those kinds of things because of your giving and because of the pledges that you make. 